Coming to your galaxy, June 23rd, 2023. Star Wars, a KOTOR story. Bastila, part one. Strike. A handful of Jedi made it through. Lord Revan must be their objective. Brace for impact. Why isn't Shan using her battle meditation? Let's remind the Jedi what happens when the weak seek to match metal with the Dark Lords of the Sith. Sir, from the surviving officer's reports, Lord Revan has gone down with the ship. He's still alive. We are the Old Republic Podcast. Spoiler alert for everything Star Wars under the Twin Suns. The question is what choice? Rebellions are built on hope. Make ten men feel like a hundred. I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me. Disclaimer, Brian and I are not mental health professionals. Please note that the content discussed in this podcast episode is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Cassie and I are not mental health professionals. The opinions expressed in this episode are based on our personal experiences and biases. If you or someone you know is experiencing mental health issues, we strongly recommend seeking assistance from qualified professionals. Consult with a licensed therapist, psychiatrist, or other mental health experts to address your specific concerns. They can provide personalized guidance, diagnosis, and treatment options tailored to your needs. We will post mental health resources in our show notes down below, and now enjoy the episode. All right. Welcome back to the Older Public Podcast. Today, we're going to be uh, diving into uh, some territory that we've dipped our toes into a few times on the podcast, uh, Cassia, and that is uh, tackling, uh, you know, some aspects of mental health and how they uh, compare to uh, Star Wars and uh, different films. Now, we've talked about this a couple of times, right, Cassia? We talked about it back on episode 99 uh, that we uh, had on the 501st Help uh, Instagram account. They came on and uh, talked to us about some mental health there. Um, so go back and check out that. That was a really great conversation, I thought. And then uh, you and I, Cassia, did an Inspired a Galaxy uh, episode, number 146, uh, where we talked about, um, I believe it was a book that you'd read um, about uh, movies and how they can affect your mental health. And we, you know, kind of talked about that book a little bit and, you know, just about some of our uh, movies that we found, uh, you know, helped us with our mental health and, uh, you know, got us mentally refreshed and and things like that. And those were both really great conversations. But um, uh, you uh, found someone to come on the podcast to talk with us about this subject again. Um, and I think it's going to be a great conversation and how uh, mental health and Star Wars and how they're intertwined and uh, interwoven. And uh, I think it's going to be great. So uh, Cassia, who did you bring on the podcast today? Yeah, I brought on uh, my friend Ian. Uh, we went to university together we were in mm -hmm. fact in a team in our screenwriting class uh so it's great to have you on ian uh we yeah. we've name dropped you a few times on the <laughs> podcast talking about the star wars trilogy pattern that you kind of told me about uh can you introduce yeah. yourself and what you do yeah absolutely yeah we met long ago at university 
Oh boy, that writing group was a lot of fun, sharing our screenplays and helping each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I remember so much about that time. It was a great time. So <laughs> I've I've moved on from there. I, I happened to to meet my my wife Megan uh through uh that class, but the previous semester of it. And so uh she she's a writer photographer these days. She's doing her own writing and photography, but me. I flipped my minor that was in film and writing and film. I I wasn't getting the attention towards the writing that I wanted, <laughs> but I always had my back belt psychology because I I just loved, like I felt that it would make me a better writer about characters. And I saw it everywhere, right? Like I saw like um, just people using this idea of psychology and even mental health, like, oh, like this, this can help people that it will help them, you know, find peace. We can feel it in the music. We can feel it in, you know, the cinematography of how things move on the screen and then just how they're, they're written, the characters and how the actors portray it. And so I flipped it to psychology and I graduated actually in social science, my bachelor's. And then I, I finished here just this year, my master's in psychology counseling. I had, it didn't take me that long. What happened was I took a hiatus. I took five years with my bachelor's and I practiced as a family support worker up here in Canada where you get paid more in mental health. <laughs> and, uh, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to try and get into some other programs. And they were very competitive. And I finally got into one with my older sister, which was really cool. Cause I did the master's with my older sister and we finished together. And now um, I, I am practicing as a family therapist. Uh, how the licensing and certification works though. Uh, some of my hours I'm, I'm waiting to get paid. <laughs> it, you have to go through not getting paid and waiting on that and taking out more student loans and so my wife is using her amazing photography business I practice in family therapy um, that's a long introduction for myself but uh, yeah, yeah I, I also still just end up movies just end up being a part of my life I still just love them and it's a very easy conversation to have with people yeah thank you so much for uh, coming on we're excited to have you on yeah been a while i've wanted to be on for a while and it's just been my schedule to match up yeah it finally worked out and I, I think it's great to have a family therapist on the pod because i don't know star wars it's kind of like a big family soap opera shindig mm. going on in all the mm. in all the trilogies yeah that's it's definitely i yeah like we, we all have families like my mom was adopted and so people will be like, oh, no, no, some people don't have families. No, you do have families. They're people who love you. And so even in the newest stuff, right, people might criticize it. And, oh, she's not a Skywalker. Well, you know, the people that end up finding love with, they see that this is a dip into the, that toe of uh, the family therapy. That Ray, in, in, in a way, exactly becomes adopted into this family lineage. So, yeah. Which trilogy do you think uh, it works best to talk about Star Wars? Uh, from that perspective from like well, original trilogy or prequel trilogy well so in my opinion the best the best place to start is and this is even how i i prefer the viewing everybody always has those posts on like this is how you should view the star wars uh trilogies or whatever i i believe you start you know how they were released four five six one two three seven eight nine because then you can see this momentum of like even george lucas understanding more and more of what he's writing about because like even by Return of the Jedi, we as an audience suddenly are like, wait a second, this is about 
family. You know, Vin Diesel, that's probably what happened. He was a little boy. I gotta help write about this someday. Yeah. Um, write his own story. Family, yeah. He just wanted that. <laughs> after after the first one was out. Okay, now make sure it's about family, just like Return of the Jedi. I don't know if you would, you would like me to explain a little bit about uh, systemic constructionism, which is the framework and theory that uh, that I use with with clients. Would that would that be advantageous or? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, kind of how how I can best explain this, um, and it's not like I sit down with clients and explain this, but so if we were as uh, to be the professionals that are going to understand the the Skywalkers, let's say they come in uh, and we're the three therapist right like I, I might be the the main therapist who's seeing them and you two are my consultants and we're going to sit down we're going to be like okay well, i had my first session with them so that's probably why it would be luke first right like he he came in we we would start with the framework of it which like i said systemic constructionism it's it's social constructionism that's the framework and uh social constructionist itself was was uh it, its creation is seen as something that came around in the the late 1800s by multiple authors. And the idea assumes that every individual has a sense of self that is socially constructed and produced by interactions with others around them. Um, making it like kind of imperative for therapists and mental health professionals to use precise methods to help these clients that come in, these families analyze their own socio-cultural material. So what I mean by that um, is that just everything came from something and what we believe it comes from is something social right that people were talking about it right mm -hmm. um and so how you're going to find out what that is the framework so imagine it like a house you're going to imagine that the beams that you're going to be putting up you're you're going to be like okay this is a this is a structure right what so the first question you'll ask which is which constructionism is is very important that's about questions so most important and first question you always ask even in therapy but even towards looking at a building is what is this going to be so with with luke skywalker coming in it's almost like okay what's what's going on that's what you'd ask luke right like hey what what's going on and so that's kind of the framework that you always build off of so the moment that you're like well i don't know what to do you need to ask questions right you need to be like wait a second i don't understand it's very important that anything you fall back on in constructionism is that you say something like, I'm confused. Uh, can you answer a question for me? And you need to find the right question. So you can screw up a lot, but you need to find this sense, like the direction of self is all these kind of boards around the house, right? So like, we should always be asking questions. Like we're confused, right? Like, wait a second. So the first movie, uh, we're introduced to his aunt and uncle. So we would, of course, ask the question, where's his parents right but we need to ask mm -hmm. that in a in a proper therapeutic way right you can't just be like where the heck's your dad luke <laughs> yeah. yeah we we would ask you know who oh who's your family like you tell me about your family is a, is a good question but usually that first question like i said though is uh you know, what, what are you coming in for so um so that's kind of the framework and then then inside of that framework though to explain like the direction that we're always going to go like i said towards another question is like, tell me about your family. So inside is the theory of the framework, and that's family systems theory. And family systems theory, a good way to explain that, uh, in a modest way, the systems theory can, it, it like assesses any kind of person in the world. Everyone comes from a family. Everyone has parental figures and some form of indoctrinating uh, authority in their life. 
Therefore, the, the theory suggests an importance in finding out how individuals maintain and differentiate themselves with or against the influence of others and how they predictably function as products of systems they subscribe to, whether willingly or not, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, Luke himself, uh, he has other systems and we know this in the Skywalker legacy, right? Like mm -hmm. he has the he has the rebellion he hears about, right? Or the Jedi, or he hears about um, the Empire. And we're even confused sometimes. Does he want to join the Empire? Is that where Biggs and Tank went? We should be asking those questions, right? Like we're kind of like, huh? As an audience, George Lucas wrote it in a very way that he throws you into it. And so, you know, the best thing to do is ask questions. And you're like, wait a second, does he want to be a stormtrooper? What, is, what does he want to be? Is he a, Could he become a bad guy? Who's the rebellion? What are those people? So this was formed in like the 1950s by Dr. Murray Bowen is the most popular one. But the overall theory's invitation is for clinicians. So mental health um, professionals, like, like we, we would all be assuming right now, is to look at like the Skywalkers and to notice and reflect upon how every individual in this family or other families is influenced and matured through specific characteristics and dynamics of their family of origin. So it is actually important for us inside of this framework, these questions, for us to kind of push Luke to figure this out. It's it's a healthy thing. As much as everybody's like, you know, like his uncle and his aunt are like, oh dear, uh, don't tell him about his dad, right? Mm -hmm. Probably not a good thing, right? We should let him mm -hmm. choose. We shouldn't let him find this out on his own, but they they love him and they don't understand this and families are are messy. They're not professionals and professionals would screw up as well. So with that in mind, um, uh, you know, thereby we're, we're going to investigate the inner workings and reactionary bias of Luke and the other individuals that might come in. So if we go to the prequel trilogy, we might, we might meet up with uh, that. That could be an outside perspective, right? It could be Obi-Wan Kenobi. It, it could be like, he's brought in as a support, right? For the family mm -hmm. or it's mm -hmm. Anakin himself, maybe. Right. Um, but we're, we're just going to kind of like, we're, we're going to just investigate this of what's going on and their bias and stuff like that and their group connections or their separations as well um, from whatever that origin or original family was. So uh, are you two ready? Should we, should we like consult on this? Is that, is that what you think would be Yeah. ready to go forward? Yeah, I'm absolutely. Let's do so it. Let's, awesome. So let's imagine like the most common question that happens in family therapy is family. Like if it's a whole family that comes in, They'll, they'll always, the most popular question is like, are we doing it right? Is what they always ask. But if we start with an individual like Luke coming in, like I said, his question like that we would ask and that he'd be wanting us to figure out is, you know, what's, what's wrong with me, right? Like, I don't know what's up with me. So I'll just tell you, like, this is how this is, right? So I, I met with him. I'll tell you that guys. And you might ask the question, okay, well, what did he share? What did the client share? And I say, well, he, uh, so Cassia, um, Brian, he, 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 I thought it was very interesting. He says that his aunt and uncle have never truly told him who his dad is. They say that he's, he was a spice freighter and that like, he, he was working on a spice freighter and all this stuff. But then he says that he, he met up with one of his neighbors who he kind of has always thought he was a little bit crazy. And, and his, this neighbor flat out told him that his uncle and aunt are lying to him, right? Like it's, that's, that's just your uncle talking. Right. And, um, they, they, he told him, and this guy's kind of a hermit. He said, no, your, your dad went on adventures with me. He was a Jedi. So as, as a consulting group, we'd probably 
you know, it depends on you guys. Like, how how do you want to uh, investigate this? What would you be curious about as a consultant? I guess how uh, uh, how reputable is this information coming from Obi Wan Kenobi? Did they have a shared family history? Is he trustworthy? Yeah, it's it's funny. You're right. Like that's a great question. Like um, Luke seems to really trust him. Um, he believes him a lot, and also just like uh, the aunt and uncle know him too, and they they seem to have been in a bit of a feud with him to stay away from Luke. Um, so Luke does believe that this is the the kind of thing he's been looking for because his parents are, are yeah he knows nothing about them. He knows nothing about his mother. They don't even talk about his mother. They say that they have no idea who she was. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. So I, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, this was the first session and he's, you know, he's coming in. Cause he, I said, what was the matter? And he had, he shared this with me, but like his overall thing was, he's like, what should I do? Should I believe my aunt and uncle or, you know, like he was a spice freighter and I should help my uncle on the farm or should I, should I go out and be a Jedi? Like, like Ben's talking. And I don't know what, what, what questions do you have, Brian? Um, I, I guess I would, uh, I would probably want to know, I guess, then in this situation, what other, uh, sort of aspects of his relationship he has with his aunt and uncle, uh, mm. who are they and how has his, uh, upbringing with them been? Yeah. Uh, he, he finds the upbringing pretty boring. Um, he doesn't like the farm. He wants to break free. Um, yeah, it's just kind of strange. He wants to just get away from that life it's it's just not interesting to him he loves them but he he just he seems to be compelled to just get away and so he's not really talking too much about that he wants to know just like about all these mysteries he's just way too curious about this so i, I don't know what do you think would be like good questions that we should ask luke to proceed forward i guess what does he want in his uh future you know, mm -hmm. like, because he's kind of like 19, maybe he can think about like getting an education if he wants to get off of Tatooine. Maybe he can find a way that uh, of getting off and kind of continuing his life that his aunt and uncle would approve of. Yeah. So obviously we can. So I'm going to jump out of this this little consultant thing here, because obviously we all know the answers, right? Like we can proceed forward with like mm -hmm. how, how this might be looked at, right? Like, okay, so we get into the system of his his different options, right? Like the empire or this or that. But like the fascinating thing about like the mental health thing of where we could see that George Lucas wrote this, that people need to understand this um, on a systems level, if we're to explore this, uh, there's a lot of questions that you as an audience come in and ask so we all are always like, wait a second, like, are the Empire bad? And we're showing these different perspectives. So we're like an audience, like consultants, we would know we're basically told the Empire's bad. So we, but you can't really like absolutely tell a client, like you can't sit there and be like, yeah, that's a bad road for you to go on. So in many ways, George Lucas wrote this, that you're still trying to figure out the Empire. You're still trying to be like, is this good? Is this bad? And I feel like, I don't know, what do you guys think? Like, like, do they ever have enough conversation about in Star Wars? Like, did George Lucas make it that you absolutely are like, maybe I should join the Empire? I kind of assumed, and maybe Brian 
uh, might have assumed differently, but uh, that Luke kind of just would want to join the Empire so he could learn how to fly and then join the Rebellion. What did you think, Bran? Um, as far as him going out, um, yeah, I don't know, because we don't learn too much about the the school that his uh, friends have gone off to go to. And I, you get the interaction then uh, with Obi-Wan Kenobi where, you know, you know, says, of course, he wants to uh, fight the Empire. He hates them. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, if the getting off was a means to an end or, you know, what this uh, particular flight school was or even if it was necessarily an Imperial flight school. So, uh, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a little ambiguous, I suppose, uh, kind of through that front section. But I don't think that um, it was really that veiled uh, to us, the viewer, uh, you know, seeing the Empire and the, you know, <laughs> kind of opening uh, shot yeah. to start the start the movie up. But, uh, you know, from Luke's perspective, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like he grappled with that too much. Um, like I said, just yeah. in that interaction that he had uh, with Obi-Wan. But yeah, I suppose that it is kind of uh, thinly veiled um, as to his, you know, motivation and desire to want to, you know, get out of town and get off the farm, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny because obviously we're we're following the heroic journey here. And so it should have a pattern of that the least confusing thing is what we choose, right? So in in many ways, that's exactly where you know a systemic constructionism is is, is gonna find is that the, the most the most fulfilling answers that you provoke out of somebody, like that's 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 what they they should inevitably decide themselves. And so if we're confused then, you know, as an audience, we're confused, just like as a consulting group of therapists, you'd be like, okay, well, why don't you help him, like, discover what isn't confusing in his life? So obviously, it's so funny that we get, you know, like, thrust into this, but, you know, Luke is still, he's like bored <laughs> mm -hmm. of like being a farmer, and that would be the least confusing. And that's mm -hmm. why, and that's why, you know, if he were to return home after that, we might be like, well, maybe you should go confront your aunt and uncle about it, right? That'd probably be the best thing that we would tell him, right? Like, do you think you should talk to them? Maybe, you know, how would you imagine that going? So he goes home, right? And they're they're dead. So he's he's thrust into it. So in many ways, if we had another session with him, you know, he'd probably be crying and he'd be like, they're dead. I can't even do anything. And it's like, well, what, what, what do you, what do you think you want to do? And like, he'd probably be like, I want to, I want to go. I want to, I want to figure out these questions through the only person that I can trust right now. And you'd be like, are you sure you can trust him? Uh, I've heard about that religion. It's, it's, it takes up your life. It's a life, uh, it's a life decision, you know, from, from just a mental standpoint, a mental health standpoint of where I'm just coming out here for anybody who watches Star Wars the invitation of it, and this is getting really deep. I know this is probably going in a direction we, we, we don't want this to go, but I just mean it on a level of like how it's written is, is that it invites the audience not to be confused. You're given a lot of questions and you're given a lot of space, but there's a lot of answers to everything that happens to him that he, he directs himself against confusion. So mental health is not about confusion. And I, and I wonder what you guys think about that. Yeah, for sure. That makes a lot of sense to me, um, you know, as far as mental health, because I uh, to me, when I think of that, I think it's, you know, about coming to some sort of, uh, you know, clarity or clarification for, um, you know, kind of your own internal thought processes and uh, things like that. So, yeah, so definitely uh, kind of a not a path of least resistance, but, you know, 
kind of opening opening the door of you know the most direct path i guess maybe yeah yeah the most direct yeah like that it's you don't want to you don't want to completely throw your <laughs> you know anybody in with mental health or a movie and be like what the heck did i just watch like there's several directors who do that i'm trying to remember the movie do you remember this cassia the the tree of life movie with brad pitt that came out that they provoked oh, yeah. a lot of people at the university to watch and we were like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah did i just watch <laughs> yeah I guess like that's a good point because Star Wars is kind of like a fairy tale and mm -hmm. you can get in, you can impart a lot of like truths uh, simply in even like a narrative, like a fairy tale. And I think like, even though Star Wars grapples with a lot, um, sometimes there's not as much gray uh, in the episodes, you know, I think that can be a good thing. Yeah. But I, I like that you talk about that, that there's the fairy tale element to it because it's it's it always introduces our, ourselves, you know, like uh, like how how George wrote it in this way that the heroic journey should be pretty straightforward. But it's second act. And I think we've talked about this before, Cassia, is mm -hmm. that like Empire Strikes Back is the exact second act it should be because it has several elements that are like that movie, like I mentioned, Tree of Life, that you're like, wait a second it's under interpretation for instance like brian i wonder i wonder what your interpretation is of like what happens in empire that might be the most confusing maybe there's other confusing things mm -hmm. but luke's luke's vision that he has in the tree what's your interpretation i think my my interpretation i i don't know and it's probably skewed right because i would have seen empire the first time as i, I don't know like a four-year-old five-year-old uh something <laughs> yeah. like that so the so the takeaway but I, I think now if i just you know kind of picture that i i just see it as luke you know kind of seeing himself going down this path that's you know ultimately going to leave in his own kind of self-destruction um yeah you know that's that's how i see it yeah like like he he sees darth vader as pure destruction or something like that but then like i've heard other people say things like uh Oh, if he goes down this path, this this maybe is tied into Return of the Jedi. But people who hadn't seen Return of the Jedi yet, right? Like in the '80s, they hadn't seen it. It hadn't hadn't come out yet. It's 1980, and they watched it, and they were just flat out like, "What the heck? Mm -hmm. What?" And then by the end of the movie, they were like, "Oh, so he fears becoming like his father, right? Like that might be one interpretation. Like, oh, but he didn't know that that's what he was seeing. Maybe that's how they might understand it. What, what about you, Cassia? Like, what did you?" When you when you see that, how you translate it? Yeah, I think that's a scene that like uh, constantly gets recontextualized. Like the more I like when I saw four, five, and six. Uh, I mean, I was a kid, so like some of the things uh, went over my head. But then when you kind of see one, two, and three, and then kind of like the whole uh, Star Wars, like one through six, you know, um, it's it was constantly kind of like recontextualizing itself. But what I kind of see is like when you're fighting someone else or when you, you kind of like put your energy into fighting others, like what you're really doing in some ways is hurting yourself. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Like there's, there's so many ways to interpret it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like we can all pull it out in different ways. Like he's just fighting himself. And it seems like that Yoda even leans towards that. Right. Cause he tells him, you know, your weapons, you won't need them. 
stop thinking that that's what you're going to do is that you're just going to fight, 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 fight. Like who knows? Like there's so many interpretations of it that are in there. And I think that that's very, um, that's very much how, how mental health goes is that you don't want confusion, but confusion inevitably happens. Yeah. That, that the more family you bring into the system, the more you're going to uncover that, you know, what's the problem. I don't know what the problem is. Help me. You know, I'm desperate. Just like with the whole family coming in, they say, are we even doing this right? Are we screwing up our family? Like, what, what are we doing? But like, individuals come in and, and if I work on a system with them, they really do, like, we may have a first session, like first episode, you know, Star Wars that it's like, oh, okay. And they feel vamped up and they feel, okay, I, I don't know who my parents are, but I, I feel like I'm getting answers. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm, 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 I'm finding my place in the world. And then they'll just be like slapped with something. It comes up every time. And it's always like, what the heck was that? You know, like, I don't know. And then, you know, you get your arm chopped off. Somebody really hurts you. And you're still confused. And you're like, wait, they're my dad? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wait, they're my dad. And uh, also, people still just keep lying to me about yeah. who, who I am one and who my parents are. Only telling things from a certain <laughs> point of view. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I love that you bring that up. It's it's interesting. When you look that up uh, for Return of the Jedi, like, we, we move on to that very quickly. Like, uh, George Lucas had to consult. He, he did. You can look this up. He consulted a psychologist. And he said, you know, like, what would be the concern with this story? And the psychologist told him, you need to have another person confirm the truth. And that's why Yoda, I always wondered this as a kid. I was like, why do we need to hear this? Um, and I don't think that it is unnecessary. I think it, it it is proper that he did that. Because as much as I was a kid that was like, I just want to get them, you know, like fighting. We needed this breather that even in therapy, you should go and find more support in your life. Like you got your hand chopped off. And like you said, Cassia, they're like, what the heck, man? You <laughs> lied to me. And even he's like, Ben, why didn't you tell me? And he's he's almost even more aggravated in Return of the Jedi when he sees him, right? He's like, you told me this. And he's like, from a certain point of view, that is true. And from the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that they're adding on, which is kind of interesting, they do show that from a certain point of view, even Anakin saw it that way. I did kill myself. Yeah. I am, you know, like I am this twisted monster and you should not trust me to be your father. You know, like I, 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 I am Vader. I am more Vader than I am Anakin. I am more an addict. If I were to look at what's, what's going on with Vader, we, I, you guys might interpret it differently. I don't know if, if we were consulting, like, what would you see Darth Vader as? I would see him as like, he's an addict father. <laughs> um, well, well, real quick, uh, just to to go back to what you said about Yoda and how you had to have someone oh, confirm yeah. that to, confirm that to Luke. I, the audience also needed someone to confirm that because it's left on mm -hmm. that cliffhanger for three years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, yeah, absolutely. For, for people to know. So, I, I mean, it's, it's closure for the audience as much as it is uh, for Luke in that instance. But to go back to, to this question, how, how do we view Darth Vader? Um, I don't know. I don't I don't know that I would say necessarily that he has like an addictive personality. I don't I don't really see. um that i do think that he has some uh sort of fixating uh mm. issues um on things um and that's i guess i guess unfortunately that's you know through the lens of you know kind of knowing the story and seeing that so um if i try to just dial it down to what we know about darth vader through uh kind of the original trilogy i don't know i don't i don't uh see him as uh 
really any kind of a father because we don't see him doing any sort of fatherly things until yeah. you know the the very tail end of return of the jedi so yeah if, if i try to s- strip away you know the the extra stuff that we know about darth vader and just think about what you know on on what we get and you know episodes four five and six yeah yeah there's 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 not a lot of parenting he does other than he says you know come with me and we can overthrow the emperor so maybe he's a selfish selfish father i guess maybe in that sense yeah i like that i like that because i mean he does say like we'll rule the galaxy which sounds like nuts right like it sounds like weird like you're ruling the galaxy so that's why i see it as almost like addiction to power but i like what where you're coming off at like because it's like well okay you're i i don't know if what, what you're talking about is almost like a codependency or something like that that he's got or or he's just I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm misunderstanding what what you're saying, but I, I like I like where you're going. It brought up thoughts in my mind, but I think like what Luke knows is not a whole lot because I don't think like Obi-Wan Kenobi, even though he's a good person, like was very forthcoming and uh-huh. you had know, a less forthcoming. I think they didn't want to burden him and maybe there was a better way to handle that, but we're human. Well, I mean, Yoda's not human, but like metaphorically we're only human and we make mistakes but i guess i kind of see vader as kind of an absent father yeah uh, a bit of an enigma and in a way that's kind of why we need the prequel trilogy to kind of see anakin as more of a a character i think Mm -hmm. because all we kind of see is him at his he was evil 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 and then kind of sees like the emperor torturing luke and he's like i don't want patterns to repeat themselves i'm yeah. going to save luke like i kind of failed padme and i used yeah. to always think that um anakin felt like he succeeded at the end and was very triumphant but i think he was kind of sad as he as he died like even though he did get to save his son like it was kind of too late for them to really be a family mm. but maybe luke can uh be the jedi he couldn't be and he has a sister yeah i i think you're right because he gives an invitation at the end right he's like tell your sister that you were right you know it's not it's not remember me that i was a good dad or like that i did something right or tell your sister that i'm a really good guy it's like tell your sister this right like make it make it the family the support again like yeah he doesn't have anything i like that sadness part part that you're talking about i like brian to your invitation of like hey this is all we have is is this trilogy and it's funny because george lucas you know went back and people are very critical that he went back but he, he goes back in a way in my opinion so that you can watch the original trilogy and get some answers about vader's character because they they had ian mcdermid uh come in and they added more dialogue with him as the emperor that he says you know like the the son of skywalker and he's like how is this possible right like they added um james earl jones added that line right how is this possible search your feelings veda you'll know it's true and so in some ways that almost makes it seem like that he can't be neglectful not not to counteract what you said cassia because I, i like that but it's it's almost like if we're to look at this therapeutically but wait a second this this part uh he's not neglectful he had no idea that he had a son nor a daughter even in the moment of return of the jedi he's like wait you have a sister you know uh these things are still being hidden from him he was maybe a part of an abusive relationship 
right? Which is probably why I interpret it as uh, an addict or anything like that. But maybe it is also a, a codependent there, codependent relationship that he keeps on looking towards. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so that you're, that almost does <laughs> lean us right in. Like Return of the Jedi flows very much like the prequel movies do, in my opinion. It yeah. has a lot going on, and it almost does very quickly push us towards having to watch the prequels because we're like dang it who was this guy who was this terrible father like luke deserves to know who was this guy that in your rights cassia that it's like he he probably wasn't that bad he had it something bad happened to him so like what was it and uh that's probably where we would go with like and you know like maybe somebody else needs to be brought in we'd say to luke we'd say could you bring obi-wan in could he talk to us and that's why I actually see that it's not Anakin's story of the prequels. It really is Obi-Wan. He's, he's, it's different. Well, what do you guys think? It kind of seems like the Phantom Menace is Qui-Gon's story. Yeah. And then kind of looking uh, at Attack of the Clones from a hero's journey perspective, it kind of seems like you could see it from Obi-Wan and Anakin's point of view. But yeah. um, Anakin's plot in Attack of the Clones is more of a romance plot, yeah. you know? So, like, most of the plot plot is handled by Obi-Wan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones, I think, is is a little easier to kind of split it out, whereas you could view it as either Anakin's movie or Obi-Wan's movie. Um, yeah. I, I think I think probably the same, too, uh, for Revenge of the Sith, but I almost, I almost think that Obi-Wan might <laughs> take take over the lead and that become his story more so in revenge of the sith actually um we're gonna we're gonna get into that when we uh talk through our oh, uh hero's are. journey uh <laughs> cycles there so we'll uh yeah. we'll have a uh, lots of good conversation there but but yeah i could definitely i could definitely see um you know the argument for saying that you know the prequels are you know as much about the character journey mm-hmm. and development of obi-wan kenobi as it is about anakin skywalker uh you know as you don't even we don't even meet Anakin, you know, for the first, you know, third of the first movie. And by the last third of the last movie, he's no longer Anakin Skywalker. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's probably people's criticism of of the prequels. But I think that like I think there's a you know, like that's that's a hard thing to sit there and be like, uh, oh, you know, the, the whole original trilogy is all Luke story. Because truthfully, he's not the first person that's introduced on screen. And that's probably yeah. why when George Lucas was editing the movie himself before his wife was brought in, um, that he he had that Luke was the main character looking up in his binoculars, right? He really did want that to be the adventures of Luke Skywalker. But he wasn't understanding um, an edit that we understand things on of like, uh, even in therapy, right? That you're like, I just don't understand my life. Like, I'm I'm confused because not every person, I would say nobody, has all the full details of their life, right? They need to, to have somebody brought in, multiple people brought in, and then multiple assumptions brought in too, right? Like uh, I heard once, and I love this, my, my wife actually says it all the time, the, the past is a foreign country, but we're strangers in it, right? And we need um, we need to find some help to figure it out. We can't just be like, Oh, this foreign country, we can we can speak our own language, right? Like we need to find somebody who spoke that language. So uh, her mom is actually a very world-renowned historian, 
this is no joke, guys. I, I kid you not. She's an Emmy award-winning historian, and she'll love this if when I'll, I'll, I'll let her know about this podcast because I'm always like my Emmy award-winning mother-in-law. She'll be like, "Shut up!" <laughs> and she I didn't she won. Yeah, she's very uh, Sue Hardy, Veerhoff. She's amazing, and she did a documentary with with a group with a group uh, that that won an Emmy for uh, for their Vietnam documentary. But she's still incredible, and she uh, does her historian work in Atlanta, Georgia, but just to explain that about her, what's what's neat is that she's always saying that that she needs to find somebody, the last surviving person, even if they're the one that can remember somebody who told them that. So it, whenever, you know, like when she's done stuff about the Civil War, she's actually tried to find people who heard the story, who had it passed down, even though you'll be like, well, that's hearsay. Like she still wants it. She wants to get as much as she can from multiple aspects of the story. So that's why I think People are hard on the prequels because George is like, hey, I'll bring in lots of different narratives. And you kind of have to be like for me when I watch it and I and I watch Obi-Wan, you can trust a lot of like what's brought in. And so in almost a consulting fashion of us being like, let's let's find the family. Like I told you, a family's not just the blood related. It's people who treated you like, you know, your parental figures. And that's definitely Obi-Wan. So if he's brought in understand vader uh in the past even though qui-gon you know told him things it's funny because the prequels flow in a way that obi-wan thinks that he's fulfilling qui-gon's wishes but he completely bows to the views of the jedi council which qui-gon never would have done yeah so his past as a support to bring in to understand darth vader would be very skewered right we'd be like oh, okay, so you tried to do this and then he betrayed you? Like, are you sure that that's what he did? Are you sure, like, he's... uh, Are you sure that he wanted that lightsaber to be for his son? Like, he didn't even know that he had a son. Why why was it harmful to tell Vader that he had a child? And so, um, yeah, bringing in, like, somebody that's very very much that's that's probably what we would have to do is is he's like the one storyteller whereas Qui-Gon it's like I guess we could bring him in but he doesn't know anything after so and then Anakin he's probably like (laughs) well he's dead just like Obi-Wan but he's not too willing I don't know (laughs) but maybe we get force ghosts and Mm -hmm. we can consult them Mm -hmm. like the oracle at Delphi or is it Delphi I always said Delphi but yeah but like who were who were the most that's what I always look at, and that's why I believe that the best person to bring in would be Obi-Wan still, is because he really was there for the majority of it. You, yeah. you really are always like, wait, where's Obi-Wan? You almost like feel that way as you watch the films. Where's Obi-Wan? <laughs> yeah. Especially in uh Revenge of the Sith. Uh but yeah, Obi-Wan's uh journey with Anakin, uh in the prequels he's kind of like uh, he does go along with the council in a lot of ways and he's like Qui-Gon why can't you just see the the council thinks that this nine-year-old boy is going to cause problems but then they kind of make up but uh and then it's kind of like the Jedi council's like oh Qui-Gon died um we'll train him but like Obi-Wan you're gonna have to do it so have fun with that you're totally ready um so it's kind of like <laughs> obi-wan is like d- 
doing it, but it's kind of more out of obligation than I think like true desire. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think like Obi-Wan, while he was kind of like a parental figure, he kind of more, he gets on more with Anakin like a brother, but Anakin mm-hmm. was looking for a father. Yeah. And I think that Palpatine kind of capitalized on Qui-Gon's absence yeah. and was able to uh, manipulate Anakin towards his own ends. And I mean, yeah. Padme, I would say Obi-Wan and Padme, I would have them there. Uh, I would consult both of them, but maybe Padme doesn't quite see the whole picture. Maybe she doesn't want to see some things quite as clearly, but maybe mm-hmm. Obi-Wan is uh, a better resource. Yeah. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, no, I think definitely those two. And um, yeah, I think Obi-Wan probably would be the the best resource because it's it's hard to say with Padme because, you know, they don't spend an entirely large amount of time together. And she's also um, kind of dealing with her own sort of uh, hangups about the relationship and having to keep it secret and uh, things like that, too. So I think that, you know, they're both kind of kind of similar in that instance there. Um, but yeah, I think I think Obi-Wan is, you know, definitely the one that you're gonna have to have to bring in to to learn more about uh you yeah. know, kind of the actions through the prequels there. Yeah. So so like I was saying, almost the flow of this, like for the original series, is you're always wanting answers to confusion. So that's so that's like that's like the first stage of 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 therapy, right? Like you're inviting questions about the family that that move away from confusion and then the next layer of this like i said with the prequels is that you're wanting to invite uh support support in right to help the confusion so a lot of people will end up you know fighting with themselves if they're individual with with the family systems this theory so it is very helpful to bring somebody in and say even for a little bit of time and be like hey could you could you fill luke in about what happened. Um, and so you want to get as many people as you can. So I, I don't think it's harmful for us to imagine that we could bring in them. But it's funny, I, I wonder what you all think about, you know, it's it's never exchanged, but it's maybe hinted at. If Luke found out that his dad was the chosen one, I don't think he ever does, but like, would this help him? Because I'm sure that Obi-Wan never really does exchange that, that there's this, the chosen one. Um, but that seems to be the running line throughout the prequels is that how can this be like a thing that almost twists you? Obi-Wan does it on purpose that like he doesn't tell him, this is what I think, but I wonder what you guys think, that he doesn't even say that Luke is the chosen one. Even while Luke's flying away, he's like, that boy is our last hope. And Yoda's like, no, there's another. Like it's it's almost like they're like hiding it from him this time, whereas they knew it didn't work with with Anakin. Oh, this little boy was told that, and now he's just becoming a little monster, right? Oh, you're, you know, what, what do you guys think? Uh, what do you think, Brian? I'll I'll let you go first. Yeah, I don't know that they're I don't know that they're necessarily hiding it from him more any more so than they've hid everything else from him. So uh, maybe they're kind of just hedging their bets. Maybe uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, they're on that. Um, it it is interesting because yeah, they do make a very big deal about you know Anakin being the chosen one and um. 
I think I think Anakin gets a little bit of that that up front. You know, they don't keep t- telling him. I don't think, you know, uh, teenage Anakin. I don't think, hey, come here, chosen one. I don't think that's what they're doing, you know, but, you know, behind closed doors and in the Jedi Council, they're uh, certainly still having conversations about it. But, you know, knowing that there are the two twins, um, you know, they don't know. You know which which one is it? Is it Luke or is it Leia that is the chosen one? Was Anakin the chosen one? You know, hindsight was he the one that brought balance to the Force? Maybe I yeah. guess everything is true from a certain point of view, but um, I don't think it really you know behooved them to to tell him that because uh, the prophecy misread may it have been um, you know f- from that stance. So I don't know. If yeah. if they still believed even that he was the chosen one. And I don't know that there would have been any benefit for them telling him that, you know, we thought your dad was the chosen one, but turns out we were wrong or maybe we're not. Maybe we were right. I don't know. We're we're still not 100 percent sure on that. We just know yeah. uh, that he's a bad guy now. So, yeah. And even like Anakin has moments where he's fighting with it, right? Like he's he killed all the Tuscan Raiders. And he's like, I'm going to be the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy. And Padme's just like, what? Like what are you talking about? Like, she's like confused. And, and he's just like, I killed them. I, I did all this. Like, that's how he, like, I'm being held back. I'm being this, right? Like he's, he's in this, he's in this like ball of confusion again. Right. Like, and so I, I feel like as a support, like Obi-Wan, this is how I feel, but you know, once again, Cassia, you have an answer, but that, that it's almost like they, they still are kind of like, Oh crap. We let the, we shouldn't have, <laughs> we shouldn't have let him know, but dang, dang Qui-Gon just let that slip and the rest of his life is screwed we can't even <laughs> we can't take yeah. that back <laughs> Pandora's box yeah um I think Anakin knowing about the prophecy didn't help anyone um and I think that's kind of like the point of prophecies is like in Greek mythology, I mean, we've kind of touched upon this in our Phantom Menace uh, Hero's Journey episode, but um, it kind of evokes Greek tragedies. And it's like when people know about tragedies, they try to prevent it, which kind of like causes the prophecy in the first place. Oedipus. And yeah. yeah, Oedipus Rex. And if you haven't read it, just read it. No spoilers. Just read it. You'll thank me later. <laughs> but um <laughs> And to me, like Anakin in Attack of the Clones, he knows he's kind of special. He's kind of different. Um, He was accepted into the Jedi Order at nine, which is very rare. And he doesn't really get along with like some of the other Jedi. Like he gets along with Obi-Wan and Palpatine. He kind of has Padme on a pedestal, you know? And I think the chosen one prophecy and his powers went to his head uh maybe it would be different with if if Qui-Gon were around but Anakin and Attack of the Clones reminds me of like Achilles from the Iliad like he's just powerful believes in his own drama and didn't have access to therapy and makes Uh it everyone else's problem yeah, and he definitely, um, in not having therapy and not having like a good support, like because because Obi Wan I feel is actually a good support for Luke because he he's he's kind of wiser he's learned it, whereas you're right like Anakin just isn't accessing the best kind of stuff, 
like you said, Padme's on a pedestal, Palpatine's on a pedestal, even Obi-Wan is on a pedestal. Like they're all just like above him. And his mother, well, he she's almost the only one that he feels would have been honest with him. And even she's confused. There was no father, right? And then we basically yeah. get confirmed in Revenge of the Sith, like it's it's so indirect, but it's it was actually like part of the deleted dialogue that uh Palpatine just flat out tells him, you know, I'm I'm your I'm your dad, man. I made you. Um and it's funny because then that ties into the pre the sequel trilogy, right? That really this is still family. Everybody's like, oh Palpatine, who cares about this family? It does actually make sense that Ray is a Palpatine because now she still is a Skywalker, really. They are like very linked. They're they're in this twisted, codependent, um, addictive relationship of power and lust and oh, who knows what else you know that's in it but uh yeah so anakin kind of you know kind of screws up and did you have any do you think like padme trauma bonded to anakin because i'm yeah. kind of like why would she after anakin kind of tells her what he did to the tuscan she's like i love you before we die, I just want you to know and then marry him. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, that's a good, that's a good question. I'm, I'm curious about you, Brian, like what, what you think, like if you're consulting on this and you're, you're hearing, <laughs> you know, all of this stuff about this dad and mom and you're like, holy crap, like, was this a real marriage? Like, what would you think? Yeah. Well, was this a healthy marriage? I should, I should say <laughs> not a real marriage. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, I, I think that there would be some questions to be asked about the, about the marriage and the, the dynamics of it. Um, I think, yeah. um, I, it's cer certainly, uh, you know, Anakin, you know, he, like you said, Cassia has, has put her up on a pedestal and we'll definitely get into that as we go through kind of the, the mythology here of the, the Phantom Menace here and not uh, too long, hopefully in an episode coming up soon, but, um, why would, why would she, you know, kind of overlook, those things from Anakin um, considering at that point, they weren't even uh, together yet. So that seems like a pretty big red flag. Uh, Padme. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if maybe um, I don't know because, because clearly I think Anakin, um, you know, like we'd mentioned, you know, had viewed um, Obi-Wan as a father figure, even though he wasn't. And I think he might have uh, viewed Padme as some sort of motherly figure, even though uh, she wasn't. But, um, <laughs> you know, in, in in this instance, that's the only thing uh, that would that would really make any sense is if she she viewed it as kind of this uh, uh, familial like, um, you know, uh, love that that only happens within family right you know it's uh <laughs> um where you're going to love someone no matter what right it's not a it's not an earned love like you have in like a like a you know a romantic relationship it's you know <laughs> the the loving bond of you know between like family members and stuff like that so it's it's very interesting uh to think yeah. about how how that relationship you know got off the ground in the first place yeah and that may be um you know that may be flaws in the writing. We could sit down and say that that we that we say, oh, now we're now we're seeing it, and and maybe even like what people can complain about that's in prequels or the uh, sequel trilogies that there's not enough answers to the confusion of like why would these two get together? But I I always I always love moments where where we are intrigued of like how in the world could she stay with him? I like 
that we can sit there and and be there like how, why would she even cling to him i do like the trauma bond cassia of like mm-hmm. that that's in there but like the this thing of like yeah um this this undying love brian that you're talking about like that, that they're that they're connected like who else is there uh things are falling apart i i think i think they both clearly know that it's this this unbridled thing there's something very um fascinating about about love and how it feels you know and that's why there's been a lot of people that have argued like oh that's lust or that's this that's that um and that we maybe don't have a right as as therapists to sit there and be like well luke your your dad was um in in this uh loveless marriage or something um or or at least your mom was right your mom was in a loveless marriage uh, yeah he probably felt loved he he felt loved but she she didn't she felt kind of possessed or you know like confused but yeah it's it's a hard thing to answer and i think that that's where that's where i'm saying that there is like something that you can trust in like that obi-wan he's trying to tell the story he's almost frequently trying to you know figure out what's what's going on and he obviously knows that this is happening so that's another you know confusion that we have is like how could yoda and obi-wan not know they were married are they really that dumb and that's that's where we might you know get into the mythos of this of like lies and the power of lies and secrets and what they do and that you sometimes just don't want to get caught up in them you're like oh gosh dude like you're doing something that's wrong uh my mom uh, you know, visited recently and uh, she was helping us out here. Uh, so my, so my dad wasn't here. It was just my, my, my mom, but she brought up a great question <laughs> that uh, I think my dad would have agreed to ask, which is this question of like, um, how did I not know all of these things that happened with my kids that you guys are now revealing to me? How did I not know like what was going on? So Cassia, you're right. Like there's something here about war you know, that like you really get distracted with this. But then too, Brian, you get distracted with family that you're like, this is all I've got. So I'm going to cling to it. So, you know, like we look at the dark ages and people say, how the heck did that happen? Or they look at, you know, the Nazis, the Nazi regime. How did that happen? Well, in a lot of ways, it was belonging. The things that you get for belonging. And these are very, you know, mental health things, right? Like we, we help people understand where they belong, where they want to do this. And like, if you bring in a support network, that's like, hey, uh, do we really belong? And they just bring in more confusion. Yeah, uh, you probably need to bring in other support. Um, and and that's where I, I do feel like if we were to transition right now, that we, if we were like, and I do think that it's a fitting thing that a lot of people are like, if you watch them chronologically, you still are going to come away with Revenge of the Sith and be like, whoa, uh, I need some more answers here. And I do feel like the sequel trilogy tries to answer some of these questions of like, do, you know, how do people fall in love? How do they stay in love? Is it all about family? Is it about this? Can strangers come together and, you know, make sense out of war? Like you said, Cassia, like World War Three, right? Like it's, it's like, dang, can people survive in trauma? Can they do more than survive is more of the question. I maybe the original sin uh, for Star Wars is separating Anakin from Shami because uh, yeah. we just kind of see how Anakin deteriorates, especially in Attack of the Clones. Uh, and then 
Revenge of the Sith. I guess you could call it a hero's journey for a villain, you know? Like, he kind of goes through the steps, but they're all kind of, like, for the wrong side. Mm-hmm. And where's Padme's parents, too, right? It's deleted scenes. <laughs> deleted scenes, sadly, and she died of sadness. So That's if Therapian women's health existed in Star Wars, maybe Star Wars wouldn't have happened. But <laughs> she was, she, there, was a, there was a lot of sadness going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, the original sin was that was that separation. And then, you know, Qui-Gon not being there to play that, you know, kind of parental role that Anakin so desperately uh, needed. Um, you know, throughout the story there, because you know we see him at the end of the Phantom Menace. He's a he's a pretty uh you know good kid. He seems pretty modest by all by all accounts. You know, well well skilled. And then we pick back up in Attack of the Clones, and he's you know kind of kind of bought into his own uh, mythology there. So um, yeah, it's uh yeah it's an interesting uh kind of tragic tale uh there for that. And yeah, I think Obi Wan really is kind of the kind of the backbone of, you know, really understanding, you know, kind of the the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker, I think. Yeah. Yeah, his his certain point of view it's yeah, there's just so many um things that are 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 like heartbreaking for what he's telling because <laughs> like I said, even just like the lightsaber thing is is like, okay, well, did he really want you to have that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the yeah. best wi- the best wishes of what he had and and so that's where uh, a mental health thing that i'd like to bring up with you guys that that does come up is is that there's there's a thing that we gauge with people and i don't want this to be judgmental when you hear this that it's like it's it's something that um that like if you don't have this you've got real big problems but to look on the past and to really um see it in a positive light no matter its confusion is is actually a very healthy thing to do to like pull out of it and be like okay it, i had a terrible childhood or something or i had a hard childhood is more of what you'd say but but i'm me because of my past i'm me and uh i wonder what you what you two think about that uh for yourselves but also just on, on like the the star wars side of of this of this skywalker legacy and pulling out of it and and recognizing somebody like no matter how hard things are. Yeah, I think that is a difficult thing for people to grapple with. Um there are some things like from my past like I would have loved to have been different, but I am who I am because because of my past, you know, and I I went on the journey as I went on it. And if like I tried to time travel and tell myself what to do in the past, I would have been like, you're wrong, you're stupid. And I don't like your shoes. So obviously you're wrong. And then probably doubled down on what I was doing. You know, like we have to give ourselves grace and where we can give others grace too. Um, In some cases, Uh, Maybe it came out of, like, um, people thought they were doing what was best for us, and if they weren't doing what was best for us, like, uh, we we know that now, and we can recognize it. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the the recognition of it. 
yeah, I think there's a there's a really kind of clear line line drawn. Um, you know, when you look at something like the uh the opera scene in Revenge of the Sith where um, you know, Anakin is talking to uh Palpatine there and Palpatine keeps drudging up, you know, kind of the ghosts of the past, whereas um, you know, the Jedi are trying to to kind of move forward and even there, you know, at the end, you know, it kind of springs immediately into action by Yoda and Obi-Wan into, you know, okay, well, that's happened now. What do we what do we do next? Whereas, you know, George Lucas and and the embodiment of of evil there and Palpatine is, you know, a character who is very content to dwell on, you know, the misdeeds of the past and, you know, keep those, you know, regurgitating within Anakin and, you know, boiling up to the surface he's never able to move on you know from shmi from the tuscan raiders from uh these visions of losing uh padme and you know his you know his thoughts dwell on his mother you know all that's all that stuff and you know yeah. palpatine can can you know hone in on that as as an agent of evil as it were to you know keep him you know stuck in in that past right just churning around in it yeah yeah i, I like that that it's it's like <clears throat> not only can you uh, recognize uh, uh, the past, like oh, what's what's happened and stuff like that. But like, yeah, when when you do some of the recognition and stuff, like it, it's uh, y- y- there's there's positive and negative. And if you have more negative out of it, yeah, you're probably gonna it's 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 not gonna bode as well as it could when you're like, okay, <laughs> I like that. I like the perspective, Brian, that like Palpatine is really good at doing this. <laughs> He, he is a puppeteer and it's supposed to sound like that, right? Palpatine is supposed to sound like a puppet, puppet, puppeteer, right? The Palpatine puppeteer. And he's the one that's like trying to manipulate everyone around him. And he wants it. He, he doesn't want it to be seen as good. He wants it to be seen as a constant. Like I said, that first thing of like trying to find something that isn't confusing. And so I think it's, it's, a, it's an ultimate thing that when, when, you know, you return in your mind back to what Luke experienced that Darth Vader is suddenly uh, Cassie, you had talked about it, that he, he's sitting there with what he, what he's done. It's sad. Like he was completely fooled into doing these things. Like he even says to Luke, um, it's too late for me. It's too late. It's never too late is the answer that, that uh, that's healthier from a mental health perspective that as much as you can look on the past and people say something like, yeah, my past sucks. It was hell. It's too late for me. It's never too late. You can be redeemed. And that's probably the, the piece that we see with Luke is that he sees his father, which a lot of people find is stupid. They're like, that doesn't make any sense. But I think that that is a very mental health, like a beautiful message. It's never too late for somebody to find peace in turmoil, in darkness and confusion. It's never too late to make sense out of things, even if you don't know everything. Yeah, and sometimes sometimes that doesn't make sense, like from a logical perspective, but it is better to have hope. And I think Star Wars is about hope, redemption and hope, you know? And yeah, yeah, it's better to kind of look towards the future and have uh, things you're working on rather than like, you know, kind of like the dark side. I think it's more about the past and kind of being scared of death, you know, and like they can't become force ghosts, you know, Uh, 
they're they just kind of build on like their pain but there's no like uh, there's nothing behind it like growth like I think like the best Jedi take what happens to them but still move forward for their love of like humanity and the galaxy and their uh, friends and family yeah yeah the nether realm of the force right like that would be so much fun to explore that I, I think George Lucas was probably hoping to explore it more in the sequel trilogy <laughs> yeah the force ghosts and stuff even um Colin Trevero, right? His his treatment for Duel of the Fates, which was what he saw Rise of Skywalker as, has more Force Ghost Luke in it, right? Yeah. Like balancing something out. The the last message of Luke in in uh, Last Jedi, right? See you around, kid. And it's like, oh, I really did want uh, Kylo Ren to see him around, but maybe he is a Force Ghost in the end, or something like that. Like that they, or yeah. maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it would have been interesting, like, because to kind of get, like, you kind of have the Father's Trilogy, the prequels, and then the Son's Trilogy, um, which is the original trilogy, yeah. uh, Luke's story. And then I think, like, the Lucas's sequel trilogy, even though there is a lot of overlap with what happened, was going to kind of examine, like, kind of, like, the force and the metachlorians uh, mm-hmm. and like kind of be like the spirit i guess but that didn't happen maybe it can still happen in other ways but it's interesting yeah, yeah it seems like that jj was willing to to touch on it like because even like the original concepts for that first one that george lucas had in mind rise of skywalker goes to you know like oh they they find the 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 death star remains right um they they do have like some something there that's like okay oh there was uh, a female lead uh, and there was going to be a stormtrooper character more explored in George Lucas's ideas of what he wanted and so I do feel like you know the force is still there it's just Disney always has this thing that they've got I I <laughs> that's like hey uh, yeah we can't just do a trilogy we can't just end in episode nine make sure that we still have you know their most recent announcement right you will see Ray again, right? Like she will come yeah. back. So, so there could be some great hope here. Just like I love Rogue One, you know, it's not an episodic film, but I think that it is the most Star Wars out of all of their, yeah, of all of their work. So if there's another film with Ray in it, that's like Rogue One, I'm okay with that. That's, that's good. Um, it, it can have this exploration, but I do think still that there's, there's a good job done I guess, like, what I'll I'll say before uh, we kind of tap into uh, what some of our listeners and friends, like, have contributed is, like, um, I think the prequels, like, kind of seeing Anakin separated from Shimmy and, like, the impact that has on Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, like, is a good mental health uh, case study of what not to do, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And there are so many lessons in the Dagobah cave uh, that we we can always come back to. And there are many, you know, like in the future, we can learn more about uh, Kylo Ren and Ben. Uh, some of the trauma, like, he goes through and some of that might, he, he might have brought it on himself, but like, uh you know, like life happens, but 
I do like how the sequel trilogy tackles found family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen Kenobi, I loved how uh, Reva's story unfolded, especially the conclusion uh, where it was kind of more hopeful. Yeah. 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 Sure. There is, there is, I, I don't, I don't like, you know, to dog on the sequel trilogy, you know, it, it breaks my heart. It's just like this new Indiana Jones that doesn't have Spielberg with it. Right. Like what would it have been like with, to have these original artists in here and did they understand the mental health impact? I, I do think that people are striving to. And so there is still really good, like th- there's a beautiful moment and I will say it's very therapeutic where Han you know, confronts in memory what Kylo does, right? Like at, at Rise of Skywalker, that it's it repeats the exact same pace, uh, the moment of uh, of what happens in The Force Awakens, right? It's just, it, it actually is what he preferred it to be, right? The memory of it. And it's so like, it's like this closure uh, to trauma of like what he wanted. He wanted his real dad. He didn't want his uncle you know, he probably would have been better off to be with his parents than to be, you know, given to his uncle. And that's, you know, that's still the family thing, right? That we're like, we, we just, we just want people, if, if, you know, like we want to be belonging to them. We don't want to be neglected. That's maybe where Han is more the neglectful father. <laughs> but anyways. Yeah. We will definitely cover, uh, no, just kidding. We will definitely cover uh, the sequel trilogy because there's a lot to go over, you know, but sometimes it's kind of like the original trilogy and uh, the prequel trilogy. I guess that's what um, uh, Lucas kind of worked on. And then we can always kind of like, I think there's lots of lessons to learn and then like kind of can kind of just expand more on that. But um mm-hmm. Did you kind of have some things to uh, from our our uh, uh, listeners and friends? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I do. And uh, just to touch on that, I actually think it'll be um, interesting and uh, perhaps even a little bit easier to look at the sequel trilogy because um, you know I have so much history with the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy and all of the supplemental material, and we're still kind of waiting for that for the sequel trilogy. So we really only have the films to go off of there. So it might be. Um, a little different kind yeah. of uh, conversation about those. So, um, but yeah, we definitely got some uh, some good feedback here from some uh, friends and patrons and uh, other uh, podcasters and things here about uh, you know just kind of you know Star Wars and and mental health. Uh, I think Cassia, you threw this out to a couple of people on our on our Discord. So let's pull this one up here. We've got Nelson. Uh, See, Nelson says there could easily be some Jedi cognitive behavioral therapy crossover. Lucas describes himself as a Buddhist Methodist, a mix between Buddhism and Methodist Christianity, with him stating explicitly in some interviews that Jedi were based off of Buddhist warrior monks. The EU likes to throw stoicism into the mix for Jedi as well. Cognitive behavioral therapy has its roots in stoicism and some Buddhist practices. That might be interesting rabbit hole to go down. Um, Mm -hmm. So... Uh, so what do you think, Ian, uh, Cassia, what do you think, um, you know, kind of the uh, kind of what Nelson says here about, um, you know, kind of this uh, cognitive uh, behavioral therapy and and its roots there and kind of kind of goes back into into George Lucas. But I guess just to look at the Jedi kind of kind of as a whole, do we see anything 
um, you know, kind of kind of therapeutic in the way that, you know, the the Jedi were, you know, kind of originally structured. And we actually get, you know, kind of more stuff about the Jedi, um, you know, especially in that in that EU section, because we didn't get a lot about you know, the Jedi Order and the way the Jedi operated in the original trilogy, uh, you know, we had to wait for the prequel trilogy for that. So stoicism itself, you know, the endurance of pain or hardship without the display of feelings and without complaint. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not as familiar with. <laughs> so I totally looked up the the uh, <laughs> the definition here. But but cognitive behavior therapy, I am more familiar with. And a lot of what it invites is uh, that you don't like, for example, stop dwelling on the past. Right. And mm -hmm. they 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 constantly are telling him to stop, um, you know, don't get stuck on on who your father is. Don't get stuck on your mother, right? You're away from your mother right now. Obi-Wan was taken away from his parents, right? And it's almost hinted at maybe Owen, you know, Uncle Owen is his brother, right? We have these kind of things, right? Like, so the family is the answer all the time. In family systems, right? Like it's it's inside. But cognitive behavior therapy is like, so what? It says that question. So so what if 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 they they're an answer? There's other answers, and so stoicism itself too is 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 kind of on that thing that like, okay, don't get go don't get stuck on on the the hardship of it, and don't get stuck on all these kind of things. Like move move on, and um, you know you don't have to have these kind of um, you like you need to set goals for the new future right and and luke's luke's goals uh they are very ambitious right but even yoda like pulls him back constantly so it's very confusing in my opinion on that level so that's why i still feel like there's there's a lot of like um, why systems works better for them is, is that it addresses the confusion because if we we're to talk about cognitive behavior therapy yoda criticizes him for his goals Whereas we as an audience are kind of like, wait a second, that was the best part. Like we felt that moment where Luke is looking at the binary sunset and John Williams' score is playing. Yoda mocks it. And he's like, all you're ever doing is looking for it. That's not how a Jedi is. And it's like, well, do you understand what a Jedi is? And then you find out, yeah, I guess Anakin didn't understand either, right? He, he understood that passion and compassion are the same thing. And so... I always wanted them to explore even the sequel trilogy. I feel like they did a bit that that maybe these two should be one and the same thing. You should be filled with passion and compassion. And maybe a cognitive behavior therapy approach can be to have a new goal that's set up with these, these kind of two things instead of any criticism of them, that we can put away the criticism, put that into the past instead. I don't know. Cassia, what are you? Yeah, I mean, I guess I like stoicism, not like uh, to the extreme, but kind of like if you've ever read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, like I, he, Marcus Aurelius was an emperor who wrote down a lot of his thoughts in, in a journal, and that's where we get meditations from. Um, but I think like with Star Wars, uh, the Jedi are good, but when they're kind of like a system that like is kind of more concerned like what does the council think how would this impact our image in the senate and our political standing i think that's uh where the jedi's problems came from like when like it was more just a system like the jedi serve the system rather than like a system to benefit the jedi so like anything can be a system anything can be like 
well most things i should say can be good or bad it just is like depends on the degree i think and i think like if you if what you kind of like believe and like kind of imbibe i guess is positive i think like you can kind of see yourself in the in the jedi teachings Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah we get we see a lot of that uh within uh qui-gon you know kind of taking up the helm and uh the phantom menace you know uh, very very calm you know and it basically makes the declaration you know that he's he's not there to uh to fight the war for you know queen amidala he's not there to to rescue slaves you know he's uh just you know living his life you know within the within the realms and confines of uh this ideology that he has um and then tying that back into you know kind of this um you know buddhist and uh methodist uh christianity you know that's you know like any kind of religion or um you know way of thinking is that everyone uh will interpret it a little bit differently and we definitely see that um you know throughout you know the saga and the way that the jedi are kind of interpreting and uh, the directions that they're giving and you know everyone has kind of their own ideas uh for that so that's what i see there on that let's see uh, so next up, we've got uh, Michaela, uh, who is one of the co-hosts on the very excellent Drink the Movies podcast. Uh, let's go give that a listen. Uh, but she says, to be honest, I wonder about the idea that a Jedi has to rise above emotion to reach their higher self and become one with the Force. Yeah. Does that mean that emotions keep us from being one with the Force? And the fact that Anakin failed because, or quote unquote failed, because he fell in love and married, all while being the most powerful Jedi... What does that say about humans? That no matter how much we try to separate from our emotions, it's a useless endeavor? And what about that love that Luke still has for his father? That's his great strength at the end that spawns the same emotion from Vader. So maybe feeling too much or at all isn't the thing that keeps us from the Force after all. Just an idea. Yeah, I mean, that's why, That's why. like I said, the Force is not the system of Star Wars. It's the family. Um. So if, if we're to take back even more so than the consultant thing uh, that we're just looking at Star Wars from like a better mental health perspective, this the system of the family is is better. That's how I would interpret what uh, she's talking about there is that, uh, yeah, the force is being understood in ways that are probably incorrect. But from a standpoint, which we're really truly introduced, that George Lucas especially writes about, the family is the thing that matters the most. It's the thing that keeps on pulling them together, right? It's the thing that that makes Obi-Wan into a better person, is that he ends up, what I would say, having compassion, love, and interest in Luke, right? Because he could have just been like, whatever, he's with his family. But he, he continues... Uh, to want to share the force with him because of something more than just, well, it's, it's, it's my belief system. Like he has something inside of him. That's like, he deserves more. He deserves something that he saw once in his father. Right. And we could sit there and say, it's because it's destiny. or It's the chosen one thing. But I think, I think there's just, yeah, the, the real system is, is that he actually feels akin to Luke, this little baby that he held in his hands. Right. Like, uh, that he was put in charge of as a, as a ward, right? Like the, you, you, you fall in love with uh, with these people in your life. Fall in love in multiple ways, I should say, not just romantically. But yeah, I, I just 
that's why I think that you can't just inside the box of, of, of therapy or mental health be like, Oh, okay. Let's talk about the force. Right. Like, well, that's like talking about just somebody's religion because there's so much more than just that, or even, and I don't want this to be offensive to any listener, but, but even just like um, people's preferences or identities, there's, there's multitude of things that we bring in, but I feel that the origin of everything, right? Like we're born into families is, is important. It's all about family. <laughs> that's right it is all about family and um you know anakin even says kind of as much to padme and you know kind of their their uh section of the film there where you know they're kind of having this uh this courtship sort of thing you know and he uh, basically breaks down that you know jedi are are encouraged to love right from his uh kind of point of view on the way that he's been he's been taught and and yeah i think ultimately that love um you know, like, as you mentioned, you know, there's lots of different uh, varieties of love, right? Obviously, you know, if you have romantic love there between uh, Anakin and Padme, but, you know, the love of, you know, uh, family, you know, father and son, uh, you know, mother and mother and daughter, mother and son, um, you know, all of those, uh, you know, relationships and and that yeah. love is, is just as important to um, to the Jedi that, that we see. And, you know, that's kind of one of the one of the. Uh, you know, fatal mistakes I think we see within the Jedi um, in their kind of dogmatic approach to uh, the way that uh, they're seeing relationships and maintaining them uh, throughout the saga is, you know, pretty important to the story. So um, yeah. let's see. Uh, Al, uh, who was on our uh, episode talking about the The Last of Us, uh, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. He says, I don't know. I'm not a great resource on this. Like some might argue that the Jedi ways were not good for Anakin's mentality, but it was working well for other Jedi for the longest time ever. It's just that Anakin seriously disrupted the Jedi order when his mental health broke, but also he wasn't really supposed to be a Jedi. Uh, so that's, that's pretty interesting, uh, take Al, And, uh, those are some pretty yeah. good points, I think. So, yeah, was, was this good for him? I had, I had uh, a girlfriend once uh, say say to me about about my my faith, which 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 I still I still practice a specific faith. Um, but she said to me, I, "I don't know if your faith is good for you." And I actually appreciated her sharing that with me because that made me really ponder it, right? And like, yeah, was is is being a Jedi good for Anakin? If he if Qui Gon had never shown up, what would have happened to Anakin? Like, do we wonder? I th I think that inevitably he would have been captured you know by the dark side of the force right like that okay so if 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 the if he doesn't you know be infiltrated into the the jedi order maybe that's what palpatine was trying to do maybe he falsified you know the prophecies or anything like this or maybe they would have just found another chosen one elsewhere or maybe yeah. anakin would have been the uh protege in a political way for uh for palpatine right for on the planet tatooine or something like that would have happened and maybe that's what they would have pinned it against because they were definitely like making it like you were saying, Cassia, that um, the politics, or I think it was you, Cassia, that said this. I, I apologize. Um, it's getting late, <laughs> but uh, that the politics were a part of the Jedi. And it's like, well, that doesn't, that shouldn't have happened. Right. And so, so maybe no matter what Palpatine was, was puppeteering it all as that he couldn't fail. He was going to bring in this character, no matter what, into the lives of these people. And so, like, it didn't matter if he became a Jedi or not. He was going to disrupt whatever order was going on. And that's that's kind of 
heartbreaking, you know, but what's also even heartbreaking is what we've talked about, like father figures in our lives. Shmi never um, knew the husband, right? So like, what happened? Like, this is really weird. It's almost like she, I don't want to say this, but it's almost like she got raped, right? Like what, she has no idea what happened to her. You know, it's just like, boom. Um, and, you know, people will connect that to, uh, you know, Christianity. They might say, you know, like uh, with, uh, with with Jesus. Virgin birth. That's right. The virgin birth. Right. But mm. like, I feel like this is more twisted. I feel like this is more like a play on that, that George Lucas had. And, and you know, Anakin himself, like, did did, did this fit with him? I think he was just a puppet. And so it didn't matter what fit with him. Nothing really fit with him other than a family becoming a dad. Um, I love the movie Hook. And I, I know you two have probably watched it. And there's that moment, right, where Peter Pan finds out his happy, you know, like how his happiness, right, to return to being Peter Pan is I, I'm a daddy. I'm a daddy. And when I became a dad, it it does something that melts you, melts your this part of you. And so no matter what, like, Palpatine's like, ah, I'm going to manipulate everybody and I'm going to do this. And it doesn't matter if the Jedi are not good for Anakin. What's what's the truth is, is that Anakin just wanted a dad and he kind of got that out of Palpatine. And so no matter what, he's always looking for it. And he's like, I want to do this. So family always like conquers in that way. So it doesn't matter what he believes, what what conquered more is what what is family. It's this love. It's this what you talk about, Brian, right? Like this undying love, even that that even like Padme probably had. Like, hey, there's nobody else in my life. I, I'm going to I'm going to forgive you for something that's weird and, and very mm. evil <laughs> right yeah exactly and yeah yeah Al, Al does bring up some good points there and you know that you know the jedi had been operating you know kind of under that same uh structure for a super long time you know certainly he he wasn't the first that had uh, had feelings for uh someone else that had to get pushed to the side uh look at his uh, uh mentor there uh but um but I, th- I think, yeah, it's it's really it's it's just kind of this uh, this tinderbox that uh, Palpatine had had set up. And that's really kind of the the catalyst for all this. It's not really so much that that Anakin fell in love with uh, Padme and couldn't cope with those those emotions so much as it was just, you know, kind of just put into this, uh, you know, like I said, kind of on this. Uh, this uh, little tinder pile just ready to to catch on fire um, yeah. there because of, you know kind of palpatine pulling the pulling the strings on all of it and uh you know had that not been the case would everything have worked out a okay you know it's hard it's hard to say for sure but um um i think there was always there was always just a puppeteer right yeah and people people tried to do this weird thing that's like like i said i mean i keep on harping on it but it's it's something outside of the family that we do so this is a theory obviously and so other people have the theories but Mm-hmm. You, you just can't destroy it you can't like families have been around for ever <laughs> and so people exactly. try to work against it but it, it can't uh, yeah it, exactly very much so so uh thank you all for that and then um we just have a, a kind of two like little uh kind of uh meme things here that uh cassia sent over to me that we thought would be uh good just to just to throw in here um and someone it looks like on on twitter had said uh listening to an ad in a coffee shop explains to a four-year-old that darth vader was a man with a lot of big feelings who didn't have anyone to help him express them in the right way 
And then there's the meme with like the big giant uh, book and the little book and it says Star Wars and then Star Wars if Anakin had a therapist. So, uh, yeah, would <laughs> would would, uh, would, a, would, a, would a therapy session with Anakin and would that have done the trick? Would that have saved us uh, the trouble of the of having the war and the stars in the first place? I kind of think so, or at least having yeah. Qui-Gon around would have made things maybe a little bit more positive. Yeah. I mean, what is a therapist? You know, it's it's a third a third person who is trying to be unbiased. I feel I feel like Qui-Gon was not a part of the family. He was a break in that. So Cassia, you're 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 right. You had mentioned that before, right? Like if, if Qui-Gon had showed up, or even if he had if Anakin had therapy, it's it's just a it's a break in the family, right? And and that's why even you know um, Finn, who's in the sequel trilogy too, right, is like a good fit for Ray. I actually like that's commendable fit for the character. If we really do look at things from Finn's perspective, people are like, oh, he's just like yelling at her and he's doing this. He's actually a voice of reason, and that's that's a lot of what Qui Gon is too, right? Like he's this, he's brought up in Attack of the Clones, and he says Qui Gon would have never have joined you. Obi Wan is actually telling the truth. Qui Gon never would have joined um, Count Dooku. So these people sit there and understand. Oh, you know, no, yes, he would have. Ah, he was my Padawan, you know, like. I'm the puppet master. And Qui-Gon was like this amazing figure of, he was really striving to be unbiased. And he was somebody who was more concerned with a prophecy that other people were not concerned in. Prophecy misread or, well, the prophecy says this and what do you know? And, um, you know, oh, the chosen one, the boy may be. Nevertheless, he's dangerous. Qui-Gon just flat out was like, I don't care. I see something that is valuable in somebody and that is therapeutic that is uh you know stoicism is endurance like we were talking about right that is the enduring factor that would have changed somebody's life and that did because even luke did that right yeah tell your sister you were right i i can it's not too late it's not too late to change yeah and then i had some um some feedback and some of these I think I'll save for a future uh, sequel trilogy episode. But my cousin was telling me, uh, my cousin Tyler, my favorite thing about Star Wars is that it celebrates individuality and freedom, overcoming oppression, finding peace. Star Wars is always slaying me. Then I'm just kind of um, uh, reading this also from my cousin, uh, cousin Emily. And she said, I think Star Wars teaches people not to give up. No matter what, we are all important beings in the galaxy. I think it it does. I think what it does really well is portraying what it's like to feel alone in such a big world, but Mm -hmm. that we can find people that care for us and will be on our team. I think, and she was adding, uh, I think it could do a better job on showing people how to communicate when things get hard. It could show people to work uh, as a team rather than acting alone. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's Star Trek though. So, you know, <laughs> <get out. laughs> but I, I, I do like that invitation though, that like, could, could we show even like the idea of the Jedi, like, could we show it being more of a healthy family orientation? Um, maybe if they do, you know, like this, this trilogy or something like that in the past of like, 
I've always wanted to see that, right? Like uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan seem so functional. Yeah. They may have doubted each other, but they they were like, we almost hunger for it, right? Um, it, it seems like what, what, what people are waiting for. So that's a good invitation because even the sequel trilogy kind of bounces back to like these very unhealthy conversations to have like poor poor han right like he probably i don't think he was a neglectful father i just think he thought he was a screw up he thought he, he thought he was a screw up all of his life right yeah and, and like princess leia like dang she's a princess right like how can you live up to this thing and or not that sorry thing but you know this person but live up to that title or anything um mm-hmm. so yeah more of a teen thing i actually really like how messy it is uh, because that's, that's just kind of everybody's life. Like I said, mm-hmm. everybody who come, everybody who comes in has pretty frequent questions, right? Are, as a family, are we doing this right? And people come in and they just say, I- I'm confused. I, I don't know what's wrong. I-, I know something's wrong, but I don't know what's wrong. So it's therapeutic in that way because then you're familiar, right? Um, but I do think that it's healthy though to, yeah, to show something that isn't confusing. So yeah, I want I want more of Obi Wan Qui Gon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. As much as the the original trilogy, um, and I think the the sequel trilogy and stuff like Rebels is, you know, really dialed in on kind of this theme of found family. The you know the prequels is is more a more a story of barriers to to families, um, in mm-hmm. in that sense. So it's kind of the flip sides of the coin, uh, there between the prequel in the original trilogy i think yeah yeah and then i'll save a couple of the thoughts for next time but i'll just finish up uh uh with a thought from or a few thoughts really uh from my friend avery uh i kind of asked her and uh she'd say she said um i'm sure there's something to say about anakin and the trauma he experienced in his life and how uh, PTSD over losing his mother may have influenced his decisions to follow the dark side in an attempt to save Padme. And she said there are lots of characters with trauma to unpack. And then uh, she said this isn't exactly mental health, but Han Solo's indoctrination in the ways of toxic masculinity, damaged mm. relationships, and his family's sense of security and his love that causes problems and may be contributed to mental health issues in Kylo. And I said, thanks. Sometimes it takes someone not immersed in the movies to see the interesting truths. And uh, she also added like, also a lot of characters with hermit lifestyles that's going to mess with them somehow. Uh, Which like after (laughs) Corona, I'm like, yeah, uh, um, hits a little hard. Uh, But (laughs) then I asked her like, what do you think shows and movies should do regarding mental health in general? And she said, I think they probably need to show examples of how to support those with mental health issues, show examples of advocating and helping where needed, but also setting healthy boundaries as needed. Uh, We talk about supporting people and all agree, but we don't always get a lot of examples of how to do that as individuals in a world where professional help can mean needing a decent amount of money. That's definitely why, like I said, one of the invitations that, that, you, that you have from confusion, you know, to, to get as much information as you can. The next step of that is like, okay, well, what support do you have in your life? Right. That's very, that's very family based, right. We're going to 
try to ask as many questions as we can, get lineal answers, and then and then move to circular questions, which is okay. Well, what else would what would that person say in your life, right? Support. So yeah, as ma- as much as you can get, and if you're not if you're not, you know, <laughs> if you're still confused, keep looking for more people. But yeah, it's 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 an interesting thing. I like what's what's brought up there about the the masculinity that that han solo has because it's like yeah it's it's kind of heartbreaking um and, and we probably do want something a little bit more healthy that's that's on display here of somebody who really did do something right when i was a young kid i thought that that's what obi-wan was was he was the one that was doing everything right but even him he was having a false portrayal of something that that's like well you're not being very supportive like Anakin is dying here, right? Like he is emotionally dying and you don't really even care. They end up using him as a puppet as well. You know, like these are not yeah. good things. And then, oh, uh, I don't understand my son. You know, so Han pushes him away, you know, like, oh, get your uncle to do something, right? Like that's so heartbreaking. Like with people who are dealing with addiction and they say, go see a therapist or uh, get this family member to talk to you, right? Like that's very heartbreaking not even just addiction, but doubt. Uh, go don't, go talk to somebody else, right? That's very heartbreaking. Like I came to you and you're like, get away from me. So. Yeah. That's a good point you bring up about Obi-Wan. Because uh, I think a lot of people maybe watch the prequels a couple times. But they're like, how did Yoda not know that Palpatine was in charge of the of the Senate and manipulating everyone. And I was like, I think like Obi-Wan and Yoda are good metaphorical people because Yoda is a certain species that I don't know what he is, but (laughs) um, we'll never know. But I think they're doing the best they can. But if you kind of see them, they're kind of, they're kind of more just being Jedis in a system. Uh, and you kind of see them make mistakes, even though they're good people. And I think um, maybe that's not something that's made as overt as it could have been. But we see that Yoda and Obi-Wan, even though they made mistakes in the prequel trilogy, um, that they learned from them. And they, I think they do a better job in the original trilogy. And I think that's a good lesson is like sometimes patterns repeat themselves, but if we recognize them and kind of like with time and hard work, we can become better. What do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We're, we're saving the uh, sequel trilogy, but uh, failure, the greatest teacher is says Yoda. So yeah, it's, it's important to, to learn those lessons and it's hard to say why they would have, you know, missed, Mr. Palpatine. I mean, clearly he was uh, he was very good at uh, pulling the strings here on on this story. So uh, maybe it was the hubris of the Jedi, like uh, yeah. like Luke says, or, um, you know, maybe there were uh, other underlying uh, factors there that, you know, we don't get to get to see uh, in the movie behind those uh, closed Jedi Council doors. But but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they definitely have like when when you're aware of patterns that alleviates confusion, right? And especially when you can bring in more people, like I've said this whole time, I'm harping on the same thing, 
that also affirm the patterns happening for them. Like, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm I'm experiencing as well. And even if you can get them to describe the pattern differently, right? Like it's it's going to relieve a lot of this confusion and 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 bring out something that's like, okay, yeah, let's let's stop this. And so yeah, they're hubris, right? They didn't recognize the pattern is what Luke's looking at, right? Like Palpatine did. He was like, oh, you idiots. I can manipulate you so easily. You don't even realize what you're doing. That's so, um, you know, like they're just, they're, they're policing the galaxy. Like what a waste of time, you know, like let, let a politician do that because a politician, you know, that's what he thought was let a politician do that. And so then he's like, oh, I'll just do that. I'll just become a politician, which is just as good as a Sith. Sorry, that sounds really rude, but I guess in their in their world, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. And yeah, so uh, we I think we kept up Brian like way past his bedtime. I owe him. Uh, <laughs> it's been uh, great, uh, you know, spending some time here talking about uh, kind of Star Wars and and the pool and the story structure and um, you know, those kinds of things and the way that it, you know, plays into, into mental health and, you know, kind of taking a little bit of a deep dive here onto some of our uh, characters and uh, storylines of star Wars, at least through the original trilogy and prequel trilogy uh, with the end today. I think this has been a really uh, fun and interesting uh, conversation. You know, we've, uh, you know, we've got into this a little bit uh, before uh, Cassia, you know, talking about stuff like the, the Skywalker family at war, book and we kind of kind of talked about some of these things but you know not not in the depth with the expertise of you know someone like ian so you know thank you so much for coming on we definitely appreciate you having you on oh i i love you guys podcast um and i i was i'm very honored to to be on it so like i said there's just been so much in my life that's been busy but uh aside from my professional life i i find this stuff is is very healthy to talk about um too much too many people get caught up in politics and um oh even the religion or other things like that and we can step back and it can be very therapeutic to talk about something that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things but it is parallel to things that do matter so it's a very wonderful safe space and so i'm happy to to be here in that space with you guys uh, there's that quote that I'm paraphrasing from someone, uh, maybe it's Pablo Picasso, but it's been said so many times that we can argue about who said it, but fiction is the lie that enables us to see the truth. And beautiful. I don't know. I think it can help people to talk about a war in the stars, you know? So yeah. 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 Beautiful. Awesome. So uh, with all that, we'll be back soon, but May the force be with you. The Old Republic podcast can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Twitter, we can be found at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me, I can be found on Instagram at Astro underscore Droid underscore. You can find us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Dennis S. Mowers at Dennis S. Mowers 
This episode of the Old Republic Podcast has been brought to you by Nikki Dog from Patreon. May the Force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now.